of the China Path podcast. James Scullin here from the Australia-China Business Council. On this week's episode, we sit down with Jack Brady from Ozcham Shanghai to get the lowdown on how Australian businesses are tracking on the ground in China's commercial heartland. I speak with Jack about the recent launch of Ozcham Shanghai's grand new residence at the recently opened Australia House that will cater fellow Australian firms and be a vital Australia business hub in Shanghai. We also discuss tracking Australian business sentiment in China, how Ozcham is engaging with Chinese alumni returning from their studies in Australia, and how Australian firms can improve their China literacy. Jack is the CEO and Executive Director of Ozcham Shanghai. Jack leads a team of staff across four departments and drives the Chamber's mission to strengthen Australia-China business, government and community relationships. Jack is responsible for the overall management of the Chamber, including financial and human resource management. Prior to joining Ozcham Shanghai, Jack worked in Sydney with government relations and corporate communications firm GRA Causeway as the National Research and Policy Manager. I hope you enjoy our discussion. I'm here in Shanghai at Australia House with Ozcham Shanghai CEO Jack Brady. Jack, first of all, congratulations on such a beautiful building you've got here. Thanks very much, James. We're very excited. We uh, we opened the building last week and uh, we move our team in in a couple of days' time. So tell me about the opening. Who exactly launched Australia House here? So we opened the building last week with the Federal Minister for Trade, Tourism and Investment, Simon Birmingham. Uh, it was a ceremony in partnership with Anken, our property developer partner. And we got off to a great start with some uh, tenants and other members coming along to witness the, the opening of the building. So, Jack, what's the story behind Australia House? So we got together as a board last year and just thought, what would we do in our 25th year in business? The Chamber turns 25 this year. So we said, look, we would love to have a physical space. How great would that be if we had a physical hub for Australian business in Shanghai? Mm. We looked around and we sort of thought that no one else has that from the other foreign business communities in China or potentially worldwide. And then we started thinking, what would that look like? Obviously, a building would be great. Is that a little bit aspirational? Um, we then partnered with what is a fantastic partner for us, and that's Alex Chu and the Anken Property Development Group here in Shanghai. They're a long-term member of Ostcham Shanghai. They're co-founded by an Australian. And now they've got 90,000 square metres that they've developed in Shanghai. So we were actually based in one of their former properties uh, in North Jing'an, and it just really seemed like a natural fit for us. We pitched Alex the idea. She got it straight away. Mm. And the the beauty of the project is that for the chamber, we can now host uh, this building as a base for all the activity we do. It's the offline representation of everything that we do across the year. And I think the benefits for Australian business both here and back home um, are really obvious. It's, it's not something that we have to sell very um, aggressively. People understand it implicitly and, you know, we're really excited about what 2020 looks like when we start getting this thing uh, filled up and uh, very busy on a daily basis. 
And so can you tell us about what's the, what's the property market over here? It's such an enormous population. It's such a booming city and it's you know, such a vital and important city for China and international trade. What's the property market over here to actually have a space like this? Well, I'm definitely not the expert, but uh, from a property perspective, um, look, it's, it's not cheap property in Shanghai. This is a very marquee commercial uh, part of town. Where mm. we are currently is just off the former French concession in a great little part of Shanghai, not far from the Jing'an Temple. For those that know, it's sort of abutting the western central business district. Um, so to have a space here that we can develop over the next decade or two into a true hub is, is a real coup. Um, we know that many of our members are based not far away, so they might seek to co-locate. And we know that the area that we're in right now is coming up, so there's some fantastic coffee shops and restaurants and other uh, retail settings here that will make this part of town really attractive for people to come through on a regular basis. Mm, cool. Okay, so how does the building actually work? What does it offer Australian businesses over here in Shanghai? So Australia House by Ostcham Shanghai is a 5,300 square metre seven-storey development just off the former French concession in Shanghai. It will be a home for Australian business in this part of the world. We are moving our office in and we'll be co-locating with some fantastic Australian tenants, including the AFL, Tennis Australia, Business Events Sydney, Smats Group and William Anglis initially. Um, there'll be coffee, there'll be retail, there'll be some commercial operators on the ground floor. And then levels two to six will be physical office spaces for Australian and Chinese businesses to co-locate their teams. On level seven, where we are now, this is the true uh, networking floor. There's some co-working desks. There's the desks available for the fly-in, fly-out Australian businesses to use as a day lounge uh, to do their printing, use the Wi-Fi, use the facilities, drop in, have a cup of coffee or a beer. And we'll also be hosting most of our programming and events here in our events and training seminar room. We've also got a great rooftop space for functions as well. Well, I've just been given a privileged advanced tour of the rooftop and I can confirm that it's a be <laughs> beautiful space. Just to confirm, you don't need to be a permanent business on the ground here. So if you're doing work in Shanghai on a temporary basis, you, you can use Australia House and the facilities here. Yeah, that's right. So there's two main benefits for us. For all of our members that are based here in Shanghai, they'll get access to free events from January once we change our, our model. And so included in their membership is everything that we run here in our events and training seminar room. They'll be able to drop in and get access to that great content and networking. And for anyone else that's based overseas, particularly the universities and other organisations that don't necessarily have an entity or a structure on the ground in Shanghai, they'll have great access to the co-working, hot desking and drop-in facilities for their business trips. Mm, fantastic. So thinking about Ozcham Shanghai more broadly, um, what is it that you guys do over here in Shanghai to support Australian business? Sure. So we, uh, we're the peak body for Australian business in this part of China. We really operate in Shanghai, Zhejiang and Jiangsu. Uh, we are a membership-based organisation. We have about 350 corporate members, most of those being Australian organisations, mm. and we provide membership services to those uh, businesses and other organisations. So we focus on uh, introductions, referrals, business matching opportunities for that network. Mm. And the way I describe what we do is we create communities, and that's often through events. Uh, we explain China, so that's low-level advisory and sharing insights about the market and then obviously we celebrate success so really championing uh, the businesses and the individuals who are doing great things in China and uh, using those operators to help the next wave of businesses coming into China. How long has Ozcham Shanghai been in existence? So we are actually turning 25 uh, in a couple of weeks time. Mm. We were founded in 1994 um, really from the first movers 
of Australian business that were in Shanghai in the early days. And I must say, in the first period of Austcham Shanghai's history, it was a very social organisation, a lot of events, um, a lot of trading of chocolate and beef and wine from Australia and flying that in on the Qantas flight. Right. Uh, and then in more recent times, we've professionalised. So now we've got a team of 15 staff uh, and we're active across a whole number of different business services for our members. And so what are some of those key initiatives that you have throughout the year? Sure. So we run a pretty active events program. We do four major events, uh, including Australia Day, a summer barbecue, the Melbourne Cup function, as well as our Great Australian Ball, all of which raise uh, some great funds for local charity partners here and bring our community together. We host a fantastic monthly Aussie drinks that's become uh, fairly famous in this part of the world, where we bring people together for networking and a, a very Australian atmosphere with Chinese partners and colleagues. Uh, we do some other things. We obviously partner with the AFL and their match here in Shanghai, we run an Australia-China Sports Summit that's been running the last couple of years. Just last week, we did an Australia-China Food and Beverage Forum for mm. 150 people here to explain what is now becoming really the main export market for Australian products into China. So would you say the Australian diaspora over here in Shanghai is, is growing? I, I wouldn't say necessarily it's growing. We are seeing uh, a bit of a change in the organisation of businesses here on the ground. So I think the numbers are capturing how many Australians that are living in Shanghai isn't great. Mm. Uh, we know there's around about 100,000 Australians in Hong Kong. Okay. We think there's about 8,000 Australians in Shanghai. Mm. And I think that was bigger um, some time ago. Okay. And, and so what about the business profile of members with Auscham? Uh, does it tend to be large corporates or, or smaller SMEs or, or, or a mix of both? So we've got um, a pretty good mix of members. Um, our platinum members, 20 of those organisations are typically the larger organisations, so the four major banks and Macquarie, uh, Blue Scope and Visi, Rio Tinto and others. But we also work with a lot of small and medium enterprises uh, in different sectors from Australia. So uh, small wine providers, uh, people selling uh, honey and other products from Australia, they're members of our organisation. And, you know, all through to university, uh, vocational education and training providers, financial services and other professional services companies. And so what about the role that Shanghai plays for Australian businesses over here entering the market? W would you say Shanghai is a bit of a soft landing for Australian businesses because it is a pretty Western city by Chinese standards and, and there is a pretty supportive, extensive Australian community over here? Is that something that you hear from Australian businesses that they feel comfortable over here before branching out to the Tier 2 and Tier 3 cities across China? That's definitely what we pick up from our members and we're in the lucky position that, you know, Australian companies come to Shanghai first, they might set up their structure here, hire their staff, definitely get their advice, build some connections, but we always advise them quickly move beyond the ring road in, mm. in Shanghai, there's plenty of opportunity beyond the big city of Shanghai. And what about the workforce of Australian firms over here? Does it tend to be Australian companies sending over staff from Australia or does it tend to be there might be one person sent over from Australia and then the rest of the staff may be localised? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a good question. I think that's definitely the trend that we're seeing at the moment is a localisation of the workforce in Shanghai. So mm. even if you take some of the larger employers, um, obviously all of the major banks and Blue Scope, uh, Visi and others have uh, large headcounts in, in China. Most or if not all of their teams now are run by Chinese nationals and that's a fantastic story. The talent here is uh, excellent. Mm. It's now competitive on global standards and many of those individuals have been trained or educated in our universities back home. 
What we are seeing is more fly-in, fly-out operators from Australia, um, particularly in the last couple of years with the boom of e-commerce. So many Australian companies have been able to participate or engage with China remotely. You know, list their product online, sell some uh, stock through cross-border e-commerce without necessarily requiring an office to be based in Shanghai or another major city in China. But for those that are based here, uh, we are seeing more and more companies localising their workforce um, and making sure that they can partner more effectively with Chinese partners. So when an Australian company deploys someone over here to work in Shanghai for an Australian firm, um, is the visa process a little more streamlined or is is that becoming difficult? So the reality of getting a visa here is becoming easier. Sort of the bureaucratic red tape is definitely streamlining. However, the qualification requirements for those to be able to receive a visa is more difficult than it has been previously. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, in in my time in Shanghai over the last four or five years, it was much easier for someone coming up from Australia to just get a visa and qualify for that. Now it's a little bit more stringent. So, obviously, you have to be uh, a graduate of a university Mm. and there's different tiers of experience relating to the industry sector or the job that you're going for that need to be achieved to get you that visa. Mm, Right. Um, Now, you mentioned collaboration with um, the universities before. Ozcham Shanghai has now launched a new alumni program. Um, Would you be able to tell us something about how that works? Sure, yeah. This is, I think, an interesting um, recognition of the importance of what the universities have been doing the last, you know, decade at least in training some fantastic graduates that are now returning to China. And I talk with a lot of people about the scale of that. And we all know that roughly there's about 150,000 Chinese students currently in Australian University Mm. and an extra 50,000 in vocational education and training. We also know that Roughly 10 years ago, most of those students were trying to stay in Australia, whereas now the overwhelming majority returned to China post-graduation. And so what that means is for Australia, for the government, but also for universities and definitely for business, we need to work a lot harder at remaining in touch with that community, making sure that we're communicating effectively to that audience. Mm. The Chinese nationals that have studied in our universities are fantastic ambassadors for Australia. They understand our, our culture, our way of life. Often they'll have invested in a business when they're back home or they've bought some of our great products. And then when they return to China, unfortunately at the moment, we often lose contact. Mm. So what we've recognised as a chamber is we need to localise our business and start talking to that community for the interests or in the interests of our members, the the business community. So what we've done is launched a membership category, um, communicating and dealing with that sector of the market. We are recruiting someone at the moment who will be working full-time to work with the alumni community. And the way we understand that is really there's a couple of tiers of that community. So those that are just coming back to China post-graduation They need an opportunity to get a foot in the door of the workplace. They Mm. want CV support. They want networking opportunities. They're really hungry to make their careers in Shanghai and other first-tier cities. Mm. As we move up the stream, obviously, the middle career professionals, often they've lost touch with Australia. They're very interested in reconnecting with their university or businesses that are in that market. And then at the other end of the market, you've got some fantastic uh, individuals that are now running large businesses or uh, speaking at events and becoming very prominent ambassadors who have been trained and got great connections with China. So we want to talk to those people and bring them in the network. I think I've read recently somewhere that it's about 80% of, of Chinese students do opt to return back to China to look for work. What type of role does Shanghai as a city play in that, where the makeup of 
Chinese students in Australia is quite diverse, where students come from all provinces in China. Do you see a trend where a lot of those students that return back home to China opt for Shanghai as the first point to use their Western degree to try and progress their career? I think that is obviously something that interests a lot of students, and that is to get a job opportunity in a multinational corporation and most definitely in a marquee city like mm. Shanghai. In saying that, Shanghai is very competitive. I bet. So if you've got a degree from really any university overseas, mm. you've positioned yourself well with employers here. We do, however, get some feedback that local employers uh, often want local graduates because they've got great connections in the market here and they understand the workplace rather than having removed themselves for a couple of years down to Australia. So it's a bit of a balance. Okay. Um, now, Ostcham Shanghai is also currently conducting its annual Westpac Australia-China Business Sentiment Survey. How long have you guys been running this one for? So we started the survey with Westpac just a couple of years ago. This will be our third iteration. So okay. Westpac's been a fantastic partner with us and we survey Australian organisations that are involved in the relationship, most of those businesses with an office or an entity in China. And the design of that is to say, well, look, this is our most important trading relationship. It's worth $213 billion two-way. We don't have a great measure of how Australian companies are going in market, how profitable they are, what kind of revenue numbers they're looking at, where are their offices based, are they growing, are they shrinking. So we've been running that survey in partnership with Westpac the last couple of years and we can now benchmark each year uh, versus the last year. So over the last few years, have you seen there be much fluctuation with regards to sentiment or do you see that there's a bit of a static um, trend with some of the themes? Well, in our first year, we actually found that Australian businesses were more optimistic than largely every other country. Oh, right, <laughs> so, okay. So we... Uh, was, that, was that post chapter? So the first survey was two years ago. Okay. And the Australian businesses said that they were... Roughly 77% of those businesses surveyed said they were optimistic about the next 12 months. Okay. In the second year, the headline number went down to 716 in the first year, we were more optimistic than the British, the Europeans, the Americans. Mm. I think that was a little bit of naive optimism. Mm. Um, I think it moderated last year back to a normal level and I think going forward we'll see numbers um, pretty similar. So what's your prediction for the, for the forthcoming sentiment survey? I think it's going to be released in February. We will release uh, the sentiment survey in February at events uh, through Australia and China. Uh, it's a million-dollar question. We're obviously reading the <laughs> newspapers. There's a lot of global volatility. People are talking about the US-China trade war, low interest rates in Australia. All of these sorts of things feed into, I think, people's thinking as they do the survey mm. on their desktop in their office. So uh, I'm not sure. I think Australian companies are still optimistic about the market. I think we will see a slight dip in the headline number, but it won't fall off a cliff or anything. So obviously it's a difficult time over here if you're an American firm. What type of effect have you been seeing with Australian businesses as a result of the trade tensions between America and China? Do you feel that Australia is kind of picking up some of the slack of where America was trading with China? Look, we do get asked that question and I think we have spent some time trying to measure that and thinking about whether we are a beneficiary of the US-China uh, trade dispute. Mm. I think in reality there's a couple of key companies, some of the larger providers from Australia that are importing products from America who have been skirting around some of these issues. But mm. by and large, for most Australian companies, we're immune to that. I think there has been certain parts of key markets, um, particularly in some of the food and beverage items, that have been a beneficiary, but mm. I think everyone that I speak to um, would agree in saying that uh, more trade concern 
lowers uh, optimism levels right. and is really an obstacle to growth. Okay. Um, so in Australia, we currently have a bit of a negative impression of the Australia-China relationship. Personally, I'm a bit split on this because as we see, two-way trade continues to grow. I think on last count, um, two-way trade was at $215 billion between Australia and China. On the ground over here, Jack, um, what are you hearing from Australian businesses with regards to the economic impact of where the Australia-China relationship currently is at? Well, I don't think we're hearing much about the economic impact. The trade figures suggest that the relationship is very strong. As you said, it's over $200 billion in two-way uh, trade at the minute. Uh, our membership is optimistic. The people that we talk to in Shanghai are really talking more about China's economic growth story and, uh, you know, the, the targets for this year, the range that China's trying to hit between 6 and 6.5%. Mm. They're also talking about a little bit of a softening in the Shanghai market. Um, there is some concern, particularly in hospitality um, and that sort of area around food and beverage and access to retail markets. We're not talking so much about the political relationship or the government-to-government -government links for those businesses who are on the ground here so much. A lot of chatter about mm. what it means and when we'll get a prime ministerial visit to China, but in terms of the economic reality, people are largely getting on with doing business. So do you feel like those high-level visits of the prime minister coming over here, do you feel that has an effect on Australia's presence and, and access to the China market over here? Most definitely it does. I, I think there is a clear link with the understanding of Australia as both a destination for tourism and travel and education, but also a source of goods and services to the general population. When we do have a high-level ministerial visit or a prime ministerial visit and the relationship is seen as... Uh, excellent to mm. the Chinese consumer or mm. the everyday person in China, mm. that does have a flow-on effect for how people understand Australia and obviously Australian products and services. Thinking more broadly, how would you rate Australia's overall China literacy? So I think one of the things you get over here in Shanghai is that you feel Australia can be seen as a small fish in a big pond. You and I were just at CIIE where you know every country in the world is really trying to access this market. Firstly, how would you rate Australia's footprint over here um, and how would you rate also the China literacy of those businesses over here compared to other foreign countries trying to access the market? Look, and I think this is a, a really important point and I'm thrilled that obviously the government is setting up a new national foundation on Australia-China relations. Mm. We will be investing as a country in China literacy and working to promote why China's important for our future. I often joke to people, if we think the trade relationship is big in 2019, then just wait to 2029 and 2039. Right. It's going to be more and more important that we have Australian nationals who understand China and who've had experience living, working or studying in market. Mm. I think our community here who are in China, their China literacy is obviously uh, a big step beyond those that are based in Australia. Yep. Obviously being in market and, and, and talking to Chinese consumers on a daily basis, picking up information about trends uh, and obviously what China is very good at comes easy to those that are based here. Yep. I think unfortunately we don't yet see a huge interest at the senior business level back in Australia. So. We see that on the American side, we see that on the German side, we see high-level rotations from boards of directors and the C-suite class from other countries. Yep. It is still pretty rare from Australia to see 
that level of individual come and regularly engage with China. So to improve China literacy, what can Australian firms, particularly larger firms, do to, to, to get that China literacy? Does that mean that CEOs kind of need to live over here or does it mean that staffing needs to be more based on Australians coming from Australia over here? How do you see those corporations actually improving their China literacy? I think big firms in particular need to have senior people that have a direct line to the CEO back in Australia. Mm. So if China's a really important market for your Australian organisation, why isn't it at the CEO level back in Australia? It doesn't mean the CEO from the company needs to be based in China. It just means that they need to be having their finger on the pulse about what's happening in market. They need to visit regularly. This needs to be a strategic initiative of the board. Mm. And then appointing people here locally with enough power and enough uh, gravitas in the organisation to make decisions, move quickly and influence internally. Okay, Jack, so looking into your crystal ball, what do you see as future trends looking forward? And, and, and what do you think Australia is not doing at the moment that, that we could be doing a lot better? So I think we have a free trade agreement that helps us. That just means the market is now open for business or it has been for the last couple of years. I think what really excites me and the business community here is that those that are working in China, those that are partnering with Chinese companies, you're much closer to the trends that will change Australia going forward. So mm. China is going to lead the market in AI, computing, adoption of blockchain, fintechnology, these sorts of things. Australian companies have a huge opportunity to partner with, with Chinese companies on that and just understand what types of trends will be changing the face of our community back home by mm. seeing it here in China first. Mm. Fantastic. Okay, well, Jack Brady, it's been a pleasure talking to you today and congratulations on Australia House. Thanks very much, James. Great to be on the podcast. My thanks to Jack for informing on the latest from the busy world of AusCham Shanghai. To learn more about what AusCham Shanghai does for Australian business in China, drop by to our podcast homepage at acbc.com.au forward slash podcasts. There you'll find all our previous episodes. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and help us to continue to grow our listenership. And if you have a friend, colleague or client with an interest in doing business with China, please pass on one of our episodes. This activity received funding from Austrade as part of the Free Trade Agreement Market Entry Grant Program. The views expressed herein are not necessarily the views of the Commonwealth of Australia and the Commonwealth does not accept responsibility for any information or advice contained herein. That's it for this episode. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, 再见.